to music. Ray Gun. I'm Paul Champanelli. I am Kirk Pinchon. This is the podcast where we pick a music-related topic, then we watch video clips about that topic. And if you go to our website, musicraygun.com, you can watch all the clips we talk about in our video playlists. Isn't that right, Kirk? That is very right. Today on the show, TV theme music. Ba-dum! There's a little, something, a little something different this a little, time. A little flipping the script. A little something different. <laughs> yeah! Talking about TV. Yeah. TV Raygun. TV Raygun. Um, yeah, I don't really have a lot of intro for this. No, it's just I mean, an idea we had. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. Let's do it. Yeah. Part of my thing was always like, there are no TV theme songs. Not anymore. Not anymore, which is weird to me. Because we grew up on them. I did, particularly. Yeah. Whether they were good or bad, you had a theme song. And they were a lot longer. Yeah. And then they got shorter and shorter and then they disappeared. Like, the perfect example for me is I'm a big fan of The Good Place. Love The Good Place. Yeah, me too. Great show. The credit is The Good Place. Bing. Yeah, it's got a little musical theme, but it's, Dude, it's like a four-second four second thing. Yeah, it's like one bar. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I grew up on songs, and some of these TV songs were on the radio. They actually crossed over into being hits. Yeah. Which I is just a lost art now. Sometimes you'll still get them. On Netflix a lot, they'll have really? intros. But then it'll, have, it'll give you the option to skip the intro. Yes. And then a lot of times they'll have, like on the first few episodes of a series or a season, they'll show the full version of the intro. And then they'll have a shortened version later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I feel like it's... Not that it's necessarily a dead art, but it's not as important. It felt like in the 70s and 80s, they're like, you have to have a killer fucking theme song. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. And there's a lot of great stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, then the French theme song went and ruined it. <laughs> Don't add me. Look, there were always bad TV There were too. terrible. That's not even the worst. But we're not going to be talking about any bad ones. We're no. not going to be talking about any <laughs> bad ones. <laughs> yes, people. Okay. Uh, they think it'd be like it is, but it didn't. <laughs> no. We're not going to be talking about any bad ones. No. Only good ones. Mm-hmm. Starting with one that you picked that I'm so happy you picked. Oh, good. Because I, lo- I, I wasn't going to pick this one, but it is a favorite of mine. And the video you found is so great. Oh, I'm so happy I found this. Is can, Did you just find it by, like, searching on YouTube? I just found it. This it? is the theme song to Night Court, which is a great show and even better theme song. Yeah, and, and an underappreciated show. Underappreciated. Really funny. It's really not streaming funny. anywhere. You can't watch yeah. it. Yeah. And it ran for at least, I'm going to say like seven or eight years. Something like for that. for a while. Yeah, mid-80s to the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, But this is a cover in yeah. like a bar. By a band called The Future Past. Yes. Who are, how would you describe The Future Past? Dads? Super dads. <laughs> yeah. Well... I wouldn't be surprised if they're all single <laughs> and not divorced, yeah. but just, yeah. uh, th- look, they're middle-aged men mm-hmm. uh, who j- formed a band to have some fun, yep. and that's what they're doing. Yeah. And, and they're also good. They straight up killed this song. This, yeah. And and they're just, they're, they're dorks, yeah. and they are playing a gig at a bookstore. Yeah, a bookstore, that's what it is. Definitely on a weekday night. Yes. Um... And they play the night court theme, and they do a great yeah, job. It's there. great. I can't wait. It's even a little bit funkier than, in some ways, than the sort of synthesized original. Yeah, I agree. So let's just play it. Yeah, they're in a bookstore. It's great. Yeah, they're real beta males. Yeah, it sounds like there's a small crowd. Like, but their family came and saw them. Yeah, they 
much. Yeah, they they are total dads. Oh yeah. yeah. And he's slapping the bass. Yep. That's really good. Yeah. If you have a sax player, you should play the night court theater. <laughs> really should. I don't and I don't know too much about sax. This sounds like it's a lower register. Maybe it's a different sax than the one. He's the playing in alto, so there's no the only uh, sax available that's higher than that is a soprano. Oh, okay, so it is. Plays, okay, so. I was wrong. Yeah. Maybe he's playing it lower just in general. Yeah. So now they would stop right there. But now it's the full version. Now it's the full version where they're yeah. just going to fucking go off. And then there's woman looking like she's waiting for a coffee. <laughs> I would be so psyched if I were just in this bookstore. Oh my god, can you imagine being in this bookstore and then you just hear this? Yeah. Like, it's a band, you're not even paying attention. Like, yeah. that's some fucking band. Yep. They're going to play Ticket to Ride. <laughs> and then they play Nightcore. And, and you just, Paul just runs right up and be like, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. There is one comment below, and uh, it's not really insulting, and I can't disagree with it, where it says something about the alto sax player needs to put more chicken grease on it. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of true. Like, they are funky enough, but they are decidedly uh, a group of yes. dorky white dudes yes. playing this song. Yeah, exactly. And the sax could have a little bit more chicken grease. Well, on it. if you look, it's interesting because if you look at the sax guy right now, yeah. he's he's not playing because it's a guitar solo. Yeah, he has completely shut down. Yeah, he's just. <laughs> I mean, he's literally just staring at the floor, not moving. Yeah, uh, so he's he, not a guy who makes a lot of eye contact with other people. <laughs> yeah, he's not a gregarious with his playing. He can play it. Yeah. The bass player is definitely the leader. Yeah, he's really like, we're going to play. I guarantee he's like, we're fucking playing Night Court. You're going to learn it because it's great. And he's also in the middle and the only one with a mic, which means when they do other songs, he's singing. Too. Yeah, that's well noticed. Oh, here's Saxman back again. I mean, this is... Yeah, now they're getting real funky. The drummer's good, too. My... My wish is, and that didn't happen, is that someone just walked across stage to pick one of the books on the bookshelf on the right, yeah. and just walked off. And it's John Larroquette. <laughs> He's like, good job, boys. Yeah. Keep it up. Um, but yeah, let's make sure. John Larroquette won like an Emmy like two or three times. I think it was three in a row. And, the, and he's and like, was, I'm done. Stop. Yeah. I mean, he was he was the best. John Larroquette is to this day awesome. Yeah, he was great. Just a really one of those well. Harry Anderson, R.I.P. Great, great yeah. guy. Marky Post, right? I mean, it was just a really well cast ensemble. I miss. They still have great workplace sitcoms. Yeah. Um, but I miss that like blue collar vibe of like a Night Court or a Taxi. Yeah. Where it was like the set is really gritty and like beige and realistically sort of run down. Yeah, it's not high end at all. Yeah. It looks like a shitty Night Court where dumb shit happens. Like you have a spiritual successor in something like Superstore maybe. I love Superstore. But it's still a real shiny yeah. set. Yeah, it still looks like a legit yeah. tar- like a target. The Office is probably the most recent yeah. good example of even that, it's not scrubby and gross, but it is sort of depressingly, depressingly fluorescent yes. the way that an office is. Dull. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. But Night Court just had, like, and Taxi just had this griminess to it yeah. that I like. That was like the 80s and yeah. the late 70s. They just, they just had it. and There was no sheen. And the, and the theme song has that griminess. Like, yes. it's real New York. 
Yes, it is. Yeah. It really is. It's it's funky and it's kind of a little dirty. Yeah. yeah. The future Pass. I'm going to look up more Future Pass videos. This year, because that, that, I mean, they did it justice. They really did. Yeah, and I really want our show to have more of those, like, homemade. That was a good one. Dudes doing covers and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. That was a great one. Yeah, I was happy I found that. Good Because I, pull. Good I was pull. really going to, I was like, oh, yeah. I don't want to put the theme song. Because it also didn't feel long enough. I was like, I need more. I need more Night Court. And I yeah. just happened to find that. I was like, well, there it is. Yeah, yeah. The 30 seconds mm-hmm. is not enough. Speaking of great theme songs that aren't long enough, so we're yes. going to hear a fuller version. And speaking of Taxi, let's watch Bob James play Angela. It's so good. Yeah, we bonded early over yes, Bob James I'm, because yep. we, I don't think we've ever talked about our old tradition at the job we used to work at together. Smooth Jazz Fridays. Smooth Jazz Fridays. Yes. Every Friday morning. Yep. You would pick a smooth jazz song. Yes. You'd bring in a piece of vinyl. Yes, because uh, one of our uh, co-workers had an had a album. Our, yeah, our editor-in-chief yeah. had a record player. Yes. And he could pipe it into the bullpen. Yes. And very early on, I think I suggested to you, uh, I picked a song. Yes. So bring Maputo. Yes. By Bob yes. James and David Sanborn. Yes. Which is a real smooth jazz classic. It's a great one. But we're not here to talk about Maputo. We're here to talk about Angela. Yes. I brought Angela in. I think we listened to Angela. Yes. On a Smooth Jazz yeah, Friday. We did. Because I have it on. I, have it on um, I played it at least once or twice a month still. Yeah. The interesting thing about it is it's smooth jazz in the beginning. Yeah. The part you get during the opening credits to Taxi is, is pretty smooth. Yes. It gets a little funkier. Yeah. Once you get it deeper into the song. Yeah. I not only love this theme song as a theme song. Because it, I've talked before about like having nostalgia for a time mm-hmm. before I was born. Yep. This sort of saxophony, smooth jazz, New York vibe of Taxi like makes me think like, oh yeah, remember the seventies? <laughs> <Like, laughs> I remember when I was I don't, Yeah, because I wasn't alive. Yeah, but it puts me in that mindset. And also, if anyone's not seen the opening credits to Taxi, shame on you. Yes, but also all it is is. Sort of like a dash cam in a taxi going over a bridge. Yeah, like maybe the City. Brooklyn Bridge, I'm assuming. Uh, I don't think it's the Brooklyn Bridge. I don't... I don't know what bridge. One or the other one. It's the only bridge I know. Yeah, um, but you just see... Yeah. It's it's very hypnotic. Yes. And soothing. Yes. And almost meditative. Very. The image of just the, the taxi driving over the bridge and this opening theme music playing. Yeah relaxes me like nothing else oh, in the world. absolutely. Sometimes if I'm feeling stressed, I will literally just go to YouTube and pull up the opening sequence to Taxi and just watch it. Because <laughs> it That's calms great. me down. It's a very soothing song. It's, it's a great song. Yeah, but the video we're going to watch is actually a live performance. Okay. Uh, from the 1985 Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland. Wow, that's much later than when the song came out. Yeah, it was 1978 yeah. it came out. It... it, it Interesting thing about it, it was on, he put it on an album of his called Touchdown, Touchdown which is, uh, the whole album is killer. Yeah, but the song Angela was not meant to be the theme to Taxi. Mm-hmm. The song Touchdown was. Really? Yeah, Angela, it's called Angela because in an early episode in the first season, um, uh, Alex dates a woman named mm-hmm. Angela. 
So it was supposed to be incidental music for that episode, and Bob James wrote it for Taxi. Yeah. But not in, didn't intend it to be the theme, but the producers were like, no, that's the one. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So the, the theme song is named after one, a rando character in like the third episode. Such a smart, I mean, Touchdown's a great song, but yeah. so much, this is so much more iconic. Yeah. That flute, oh, man, just takes you away. So great. Oh, he's with Kirk Whalum. Yeah. Oh, that. Bob James keyboardist. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I learned about Bob James from my dad, and I have like four or five Bob James albums. Oh, really? And they're great. He does He does the uh, David Sanborn. Yeah. Um, he does one with a jazz guitarist named Earl Clue. Uh-huh. He's, he has so many albums. Yeah. Um... It's interesting that the producers chose this to be the theme song because the show is not this. That's true. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard for me to say because I so identify the music yeah. with the show. But you're right; it's a real working class show. Yeah, it's abrasive and yeah. it's, people are mean to each other it's and it's very funny. And, yeah, and uh, yeah. but it almost works in that. Not ironic, but it's. Because it's not what you'd expect. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. I think, too, that um, this song is great for me because there's a melancholy to it. That's why. Yeah. Because there's a, there is a melancholy to the show. Yeah, there is. Like, they are working class stiffs. Yeah. They're probably, like, they're going to always be taxi yeah. drivers. Nothing really goes well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a very 70s sitcom thing yes. of, like, they're not really going anywhere in life. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, one has big dreams to be an actor. And yeah, Jeff Conway. Boxer, and it's yeah. like, no, you're a taxi driver. You're a taxi man. driver. Just own up to it. Yeah. Um, and then... You'll appreciate this. I I do listen to this album quite often, but particularly in the very rare rainy season of LA, I put it on a lot because this remind this song just makes me feel like rain. I got to put this on, <laughs> and it's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Listening to this song in the rain is wonderful. I don't think of it that way. I think because it's in the opening credits. Yeah, they could have shot it on a rainy day. It's New York City. Yeah, yeah. and it would have worked. But it's such a sunny, beautiful day that it yeah. feels sunny and beautiful oh, to me. But the melancholy. Is yeah, cool. maybe it's the melancholy that makes me think of rain. And um, yeah, it's just so. Yeah, like this is just him vamping. This isn't really that much in the the, the song on yeah. on the album. Oh well, it's jazz, so they're just yeah. Gonna he can do what he wants, now. man. But it's also like. It's melancholy, but it's sort of nice. And even yeah. though that everyone on the show like bickers and they're it's they're cynical, it's the sitcom thing of like at the end they're all a family again yeah. and they yeah. all love each other. They hate each other, but in the end they love each other. And so is that note of like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're all friends. We're all we deep down we love each other. Yeah. It's funny because Taxi when Taxi came on, I was too young to watch it. So it didn't really register me, but I knew the song because they played the song on the radio a bit. Oh, did they? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so I know Taxi more for the song than for episodes. I don't. Yeah. I didn't really watch it as a kid, and I kind of watched it when it was in reruns a little bit. But yeah, to me, no, it's I, about the song. Yeah. I watched a lot of Taxi, but like on Hulu and YouTube. Oh, okay. Like like Recently. in the last couple. Yeah. Yeah. For I mean, obviously, I wasn't alive yet yeah. when it started. Yeah. 
I do remember, it's one of those shows that I kind of associate with, like, when my parents would go out on a Friday or Saturday and my grandparents would babysit. Oh. And my parents would put, like, the TV in the parlor and my grandparents would watch TV. And I love that you said parlor. Yeah, we had, like, our front yeah. room. Well, because we had, like, a downstairs living room and then a front yep. sort of entertaining area. It's very East Coast. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. The Paula. Yeah, the Paula. Go watch the, the Paula, and Grandma would watch like Golden Girls. And yeah, I, I kind of remember Taxi being the show that would come on. Oh, that's funny. When uh, Grandma and Grandpa would babysit. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I need to watch more of it because everyone's like, "Oh, it's an amazing show." It's great. And I've seen a, a fair amount, but not nearly enough. But it's not one of those old sitcoms that like stays on TV and continues to get talked yeah. about. Taxi more than Night Court. But, yeah, but not definitely. as much as like Cheers. No, like, people still worship Cheers. I worship Cheers. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I think people still binge watch Cheers on Netflix. Like yeah. it's never going away from no. Netflix. No, Taxi is a little harder to yeah. find, and Night Court's sort of impossible to find. It's really hard, which yeah. is which is a shame. Yeah. Oh, the pop's going off now. I'm gonna say I prefer Taxi to Cheers. I'm I, I like Taxi better. I'm I'm gonna uh, ignore what you said. Well, you grew up with Cheers. Cheers grew up so for me. Uh, there's been many wonderful sitcoms, but in my heart, Cheers will always be the sitcom because that's. Yeah. I mean, it started in '82. I was like 11 or 12. It started like the week before I was born. Yeah, that's about right. So it was like yeah. like maybe '83 or late '82. Uh, October '82. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I. Uh, I mean, you watched it from the beginning. Watched it from the beginning. Yeah. And then even in college, it was still on a bit. I would try to watch it. We all saw the finale. Sure, I um, remember the finale. Yeah. Because by then I was in like sixth grade or yes. fifth grade, and it was a big enough deal that I was aware it's a big of it. Deal. But I'd never really seen the show. Yeah, um, just a couple of reruns and like syndication yeah. here and there. Yeah, so I didn't really watch it until it was on Netflix. Oh wow, interesting. Okay, because it's still in syndication a bit. So I mean, not to get too off topic, because now it's just straight up TV ray gun. Yeah. But are you a Diana or a Rebecca? Oh, I probably a Diane, but yeah, I'm a Rebecca. But I have no problem with Rebecca. I think she's great. I mean, it was great. Rebecca is one of my favorite sitcoms, yeah. uh, sitcom characters. Oh, and that's I great. I do not care for Diane. I like Diane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would be say this, I'm more of a Woody than a Coach uh, person. Ooh, I like me some Coach. Yeah. And I love Coach. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just that whole show. And even that was a big song. That song was on the radio too, the theme song from Cheers. Yeah, I almost that almost made this episode. And that was me too, and I was like, I can't. Yeah. It just felt too like obvious. Too obvious? Yeah. yeah. I mean... Um, yeah, I mean, maybe if we could find some band of dads doing a cover singing, version. That would be great. Yeah. Maybe future past. Yeah. All right, let's fade this out because it's eight minutes long <laughs> and we're six minutes in. They're happy. And they're just sort of vamping. Yeah. So uh, well, that's a wrap on Still the Angela discussion. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is the opening that counts. Yes, it really is. Um, just so soothing. Yeah. I almost wanted to save it for the end of the episode just as like a peaceful goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. There have been times if I have insomnia or I'm too stressed to fall asleep, I'll just pull up Spotify on my phone and put Angela on repeat oh, to wow. fall asleep to. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I need it for... <laughs> it's it's literally like anxiety medicine yeah. for me. Like in lieu of Xanax, just put on Angela. <laughs> in lieu of an Ambien, you'll, t- you'll put that on. Yeah. We're going to do something now that I don't think we've ever done on Music Ray Gun, mm-hmm. which is watch a video that we've watched before on a previous episode. Yeah, this is a, f- a bit of a first. Go all the way back to episode four. Yeah. Which was our Billy Joel episode. Go check that out. It's quite good. Yeah, yeah. We don't have a paywall. 
That's, that's right. <laughs> no advertising. Uh, the show is free. So yeah. go back as far as you like yeah. and listen to our old episodes. Uh, in the Billy Joel episode, we talked about the opening sequence to Bosom Buddies. A very show also dear to my heart because I was right in that sweet spot. Yeah, it not only uses a Billy Joel song as its opening theme music, but your favorite Billy Jean. My favorite Billy Jean song. That's a Billy Jean. My favorite uh, Billy Joel song. uh, My Life. Which is, I love this song so much. Yeah, but if if, uh, you go back and listen to that episode, we talk about how Billy Joel's version, the original version, isn't used in Bosom Buddies. Yeah. We watched a clip that someone put to like cobbled together for YouTube, where it's the opening credit sequence, uh, and then they cut in Billy Joel's yes, song. Yes, to you know show what it would have been like yeah. if the they original had the is a cover. What do you mean? Well, it's Billy Joel does. My life is the Billy Joel. My life is the theme song for Bosom Buddies. Right, but Billy Joel singing it is not. The no, best. it's some dude. Yeah, it's a cover of. My yes, life. exactly. And, and then that, on the DVDs, they had some other uh, other random song. Yes, yes, that is true. Yeah, the the uh, the cover version was actually very faithful. It was like pretty good. It's almost like they got a Billy Joel sound. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, that's all to say, we're going to watch. After we watched that, we also watched. A clip from uh, what's it called? The greatest thing in TV history ever. TV, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a show they did on Adult Swim for a while where Adam Scott would recreate the opening sequence to a different TV mm-hmm. show each time. Yeah. And they would do like a fake documentary of them, of the making of it. Yes. And then at the end of the 15 minute documentary or whatever, they would show the sequence. The sequence, yes. So we're going to rewatch the side-by-side of the original Bosom Buddies opening with the recreation. Which is great. Which is just a great way to watch it. Yes. Yes. Go to Music and, Ray Gun and watch the... And the OG non-Billy Joel, the cover version of the Billy Joel song. Yes. It's a great song. Yeah. It's a great opening sequence. Even on its own, it's such a weird show. It's so, well, yeah, it was literally the idea. I'm sure someone was like, let's update some like it hot. Yeah, kind of. So yeah. they're like, let's just do it for modern times. And uh, thankfully, they just got an amazing cast with Peter Scalari and uh, some guy named Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, some guy. Um, and when that opening happened, as a kid, I'm like 11 or 12, I was like, this is amazing. I want to be these guys. <laughs> I want to live in New York and live this life with my best friend. Me too. Yeah. Because I remember watching reruns and I loved Bosom Buddies for like a hot minute when they showed reruns. Yeah. It's great. And you're yeah. like, oh, the, the the intro in many ways is almost better than the show. It's it's very self-aware of how stupid it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just wacky goodness. And you're like, oh my God, when I'm an adult, I'm going to live in New York with my best friend and we're going to get these cool jobs. Yeah. And we're going to like play baseball in the streets. It's going to be great. Yeah. It, I can see why it appealed to both of us as pretty young kids. Yeah. Because it's almost cartoonishly silly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the amount of... This was another thing of a lot of old TV shows. It's just like the amount of exposition they would do to set up the yeah. premise of yeah. the show. So you get in They you do know a lot of heavy lifting with yeah. some uh, VO in this. Yes. But the VO we're going to hear is Adam Scott and Paul Rudd. Yes. In the title roles. And they are spot on. I mean, this is... You, anybody listening, I repeat, please go to musicraygun.com and watch the clip. If you've never seen these Adult Swim shows where they recreate these sequences because it's uncanny how they do it. Yeah. 
Um, but if you're listening to our show, you're just going to hear a cover version of My Life. <laughs> yeah. Which ain't bad, bad either, because it's a great song. New York, we had a great apartment that was dirt cheap, and we found out why it was such a guy. Our friend Amy said there was a great apartment in her building, dirt cheap, but it's a hotel for women. Okay. I mean, we <laughs> want to adjust. Paul Rudd and Adam Scott as Peter Scolari and Tom Hanks is too good. I mean, they really should have just recreated full episodes. Yeah, I, I they would watch just, the shit oh out of it. Oh my god, I would love it. They could do it. <laughs> this cast is perfect. Yeah, yeah. Aidy Bryan, Jillian Bells, Jacob, Jillian, Jillian, I mean, it's so good. This experience is gonna make a great book. See, it's all. Yeah, they made Peter Scolari's character a writer so that he gave himself the excuse of like, oh no, this is journalism. I'm gonna yeah. write about this. I'm not a her. Right. Yeah. Perfectly normal. Yeah, they dress up as women so they can live in a hotel for women. Yeah, and uh, like like they're driving through the park. They're like, "This is great." Although that looks like L.A. Yeah, what city were they supposed to be? New York. Yeah, is that what he said? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I just realized right now that this is all L.A. Yeah. Oh, I'm so dumb. <laughs> well, how many times did you watch Bosom Buddies after you moved to L.A.? That's true. And you were a true. kid, you wouldn't. You're a kid. You're like, oh, they must have shot it in New York. No, that's yeah. a you know, the part of New York where the palm trees. <laughs> That's right. Also a thing of like, they would shoot these opening credit sequences that had wacky scenes that weren't from the no, show. none of this is in it. None yes. of this is in the show. Except when you get to the, the credits. Right. The, yes. When it's showing the actors. Yes. Yes. But there are these just weird, out of context, yeah. wacky things that they, they're doing. That, that was the uh, 70s and early 80s. Yeah. It was great. Oh, Helen Slade Hughes. And A.D. Bryan is perfect. And for Wendy Jo Sperber? Yeah. yeah, perfect. Just perfect. I remember thinking that was cool. Oh, he flipped the ball to him and... Yeah. It's funny because I think this lasted for like three seasons. Two. Two. And I yeah. think halfway through the second they're like, ah, let's get rid of that they dress up like women. Everyone just figures out that they're there to find <laughs> Like they yeah. just discarded the whole premise and they're like, that's fine. It'll just yeah. be a comedy. It's also funny to me that a show that I guess it was really popular when it started, and then the ratings just it seemed like that because it was a big deal. Like it was all over the place. But because it was from a time when there were still basically just three major Mm -hmm. networks, like even a show that came and went that fast entered the zeitgeist Mm -hmm. that people still remember it. Like there are shows now that I'll hear of a show that's on its seventh season, and I'll be like, I never even heard of that. Yeah, I don't even know what that. Some drama on TNT is having its eighth and final season. I was like, never heard of it. Yeah, some sort of spinoff of Bones. But yeah, but it's been on for eight years and it has huge fandom. Mm -hmm. But there's so many shows and channels that like everything's niche. Yeah, that there's no shared like. Yeah, we all know what buddies. Yeah, even though it was on for 18 months. Yeah, everyone knows. Everyone's like, oh yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen. It was on TV. You pretty much saw it. Yeah, and you knew that the theme song was Billy Joel. You're like, oh my god, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, Okay, Uh, now we're gonna watch an opening sequence for a show that I don't like. Nor I. But I love the theme. I don't even think I know the theme. It's real cool. Uh, this is the Doctor Who theme. Do you have you watched? I've never seen one second of any Doctor Who ever. I tried to watch Doctor Who the when they sort of relaunched it in the mid two thousands, which the the version that's on now is still from that mm-hmm. relaunch, right? 
uh, and it was on Netflix. So I was like, yeah, you know, I know some people who like this show. Mm-hmm. I'll try it. And it's just not for me. Yeah, it's not my kind of thing. It's just, I'm not a sci-fi guy. It's just too nerdy even yeah. for me. I don't like it. I watched like half of that first season. And I was like, I, I've had enough. I, I mean, the fact that you made it through half a season. Yeah, I tried to, you know, oh, I binged it. I watched like six episodes or whatever, like real quickly. And I was like, no, I'm done. No. Yeah. Um, So I don't have any time at all for Doctor Who. But I love the theme song. And the cool thing is, Doctor Who's been on forever. Yeah. So, and every time, like every time they have a new Doctor, we don't need to talk about what that means. But like a new main character, basically. Or they do like a reboot or whatever. So they sort of remix the theme song and like update it and do a new version. Oh, so like the one on now is an updated version of the original. It's still basically the same composition, but it's like a new arrangement. Oh, okay. Do. Okay. Um, but we're going to watch the original 1963 like British version of the okay. show, like from the first season. The first opening theme song. Oh, wow. Series. I'll be interested to see if I even know the song. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it was written by Delia Derbyshire and Ron Grainier of the BBC Radiophonic Workshop, who are right. just like this collective of musicians who would create music for the BBC. But they did a lot of work with, uh, like electronic music. Oh. Before there were synthesizers and stuff. So they wow. literally just composed using like tape. Oh, my God. Um, <clears throat> so this is one of the earliest pieces of electronic music recorded for television and one of the earliest pieces of electronic music just sort of in general because it's 1963. Yeah. Um, so we're going to watch the sequence and then I want to show you a clip from a documentary about mm-hmm. the BBC Radiophonic Workshop called The Alchemists of Sound where a guy talks about how they made this music. Now that sounds Physically how they made that it. That part sounds interesting. But this theme song is so cool, it just deserves a better show. <laughs> and, the, and the actual visual of the sequence is cool, too, for 1963. It's in black and white, because yeah. it's just early TV. Oh, yeah, vaguely I know this. This yeah. is good. Like, it might have been on PBS yeah. when you were growing up or something. Yeah. I get it now. I do get this. Uh... Yeah. And the opening sequence is just sort of like this visual lava yeah. lamp, sort of psychedelic. This is cool. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't want to watch Doctor Who. No. I don't want to know about it. I don't want people to even explain what it's about. I don't care. No. I just don't. I get that it's been on forever. I actually confused it a lot with Doctor Strange. Oh, Doctor Strange is wicked cool. Yeah. And I didn't and, and wasn't Benedict Cumberbatch in Doctor Who? No. He was never a Doctor Who guy? No. Okay, then good. He's Sherlock. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, it but, doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Doctor Who is bad. <laughs> never gonna watch it. But I love this music. It gives me chills, man. This music's good. It's haunting. This yeah. this intro is haunting. And I think, like, what must people have thought watching this in 1963? Also, this is a fairly long intro. It's two and a half minutes. Yeah. And they're not even showing you any action. It's just, like, a screensaver. Like, it's yeah. just these... <laughs> it is! Right? It's a fucking screensaver! It, but it's in black and white. Yeah, which makes it cooler. But it's really trippy, and it totally 
puts you in a mood for yeah. watching And they just keep showing Doctor Who. I'm not even sure they've shown credits. They showed an actress at one point. Yeah, and that they was showed, it. showed, like, a quick scene. No, no credits, no who's it yeah. starring. It's just a lot of Doctor Who. It'll show Doctor Who, and then the words dissolve into this lava lamp yeah. sort of visual. Very, very 60s. Yeah. Very, like, kind of ooky and... It is ooky. Ooh, I'm about to watch some fucking weird 60s sci-fi. Yeah, this is going to be kind of weird. Yeah. And they're going to do uh, six episodes for the season and then not bring it back for eight years because it's because <laughs> it's British television. Because that's what British television does. Yeah. So that's the Doctor Who theme. All right. And now I'm going to pull up a daily motion video that I'll link to on musicregan.com under this episode. It's the full hour-long documentary if anyone cares to watch it. But I'm going to fast forward to the 15 minute and 24 second mark. Flying on a wing and a prayer, with machines that were held together with sealing wax and string, the musicians of the Radiophonic Workshop somehow produced sounds that, for a generation of British television viewers, symbolized the future. Um, This is a tape loop. It's a long length of leader tape with in it a tiny little bit of magnetic recording tape. Most up on the machine. This is one single note from Doctor Who bass. But I want to get different pictures so I can vary the speed of the tape. And you record all those off onto other bits of tape. And you hang them up on hooks around the workshop. And so when you're doing a, a piece like Doctor Who theme, it starts off with a D dum, so that's a D. So you go to your D tape. You oh my god. Tape, you, the right you then go to your E tape. You take, um, that's that so much work. Yeah. That's so much work. And I wonder if at the time they're like, this is as high tech as it gets. I mean, it was. Yeah. It was literally, the note was from, you know, when you were like you, a piece of string nailed to a board yeah. and it just, they just plucked it and it went, Bam, and they recorded that. And then from that, they crafted the entire baseline by either speeding up or slowing oh down the tape to create God. the other notes. How did they not go insane? They had to physically cut each piece of tape and Put and tape it all together. Uh, no one would do that now. No, well, <laughs> no one. Yeah. And you just slowly build up your baseline. But it's literally all the same recorded note. That's it. It could just sped up or slow down. Yeah. String sample, which is. I mean, it's going to sound like a dumb question. Why didn't they just have a bass player do that baseline? Because it's not electronic. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It wouldn't have had that ooky sound. Fair to enough. It. It's not. It wouldn't be sci-fi. Anymore. Fair enough question. Fair enough answer. On the tape loop, which is literally just a piece of string on a mount on a wooden box, plucked once, and that's the original sound. Yeah. And the other sound on here is a, is a very low sort of organ sound type oscillator going up. So that's the switch. Just some machine they had that made that wow. sound. And then they do the same thing. Background. Okay, so I've replicated this digitally. Uh, so he's already like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to keep using tape because this now is we have computers. Because we're the future now. So now he's got all the parts and he's going to he's gonna like do that thing where he brings them in individually. Oh, and Frankenstein's cool. the full track. I love that. Rather than using lots of different tape machines, we can build this piece up layer by layer. If I start this going with all the tracks muted, if I slowly unmute the tracks one by one, one bass line. Add in the plucked bass line. Add in some hissing sounds. Oh, this makes it so much even more cool. Add in some backing melodies. Here we go. It's just there to reinforce the main tune. Add in the melody. 
Like, it gives me chills when I hear it. It's crazy. Wow. I mean, that's genius. Yeah. That's just genius. They didn't do it with instruments at all. No. It does deserve a better show. Yeah. That much work and that how good it is, that yeah. deserves a better show. Yeah. I just love that. That's it's, really cool. It's such a cool feel. Like, I've always loved that theme because it would come on PBS, you mm-hmm. know? And it would come on after some show that I did want to watch. And I wouldn't watch Doctor Who, but I would stick around like for the opening credits because I just like <laughs> yeah. the music. Um, so that's just a that's favorite of mine cool. for a show that I don't watch. Yeah. Yeah. Very curious about your next pick. Okay. Have you ever heard of it? The song? Yes, I have. I've never seen the show. Okay. I know the song very well for a very particular reason we'll get to. But not form of the show. No, but I'm aware of what the show is. Okay, yes. This yeah. is the theme, theme song to the Banana Splits. Yeah. Um, which Great I, power pop anthem that you picked. Yes. The Tra-La-La song. Now, this is another one of those. I've said this again. This was... These were... I think this was made before my time. Or maybe it was made in the, in 70 and I saw it like... Yeah. And I was like five or six. So I saw it later. Like a late 60s, early 70s. I think, yeah. Thing, and yeah. then I saw it later like... After school. and Is this a Sid and Marty Croft show or is it just like that? I thought it was like it. I could be wrong. I didn't think it was a Sid and Marty Croft because it was more of a... Um, the Banana Splits was almost like a variety half hour. Oh, okay. Where you'd get the Banana Splits uh, skits. Yeah. Uh, the, the dudes dress up in costumes, the band. And then they'd have a song. Those are dudes dressed in costumes? <laughs> I should have told you. I'm sorry. I thought they were a real dog and monkey. Oh, and my childhood ruined. <laughs> no, I didn't grow up with this shit. Either. They, but they would do like, so those were a little more like interstitials. And in between, there'd be like a cartoon episode. Like they did uh, the Three Musketeers. Oh, okay. And they did Arabian Nights. And then they had a live action show called Danger Island that starred Jan Michael Vincent. Really? And that was like a that was a live action show, but it was only like fifteen minutes long, and they would just yeah. show it. There was a thing about kids shows, like Saturday morning shows. Saturday morning, yeah, not after school. That's right. In the seventies and kind of the eighties, where no matter what it was, there had to be a song at the end. And yeah. So like the characters had there also had to be a band. Like I know that they did it with like the Harlem Globetrotters. Yes. Like at the end of a Harlem Globetrotters animated adventure, they would play and sing a song. Yes. Yes. Or one I remember well from reruns is, uh, do you know Lancelot Link, Secret yeah. Chimp? I hated that show. I loved it. And uh, they had the Evolution Revolution, yes. which Ugh. was like a psychedelic band who would do a song yeah. about the moral of the story. Off-putting. So it's sort of like that. Little bit, yeah, but then it wouldn't be that like plotted, yes, exactly. And they would just do like wacky bits, yeah, and then they'd have a song, and that'd be the end of the show. And it's a straight up drug trip, yeah. I mean, that's why I asked if it was Sid and Marty Croft because yeah. Sigmund and the Sea Monsters and uh, HR, HR Puff, Puff and stuff, and yeah. those things were also what was the one, Lidsville? Like, it Lidsville. couldn't have been any more yes. obviously about drugs, yes. But this one doesn't seem as overtly no, trippy. No, but and the song is kind of trippy too. And the song go and the uh, song is pure pop. The song is good. It's and like he, a sugar sugar. Or, yes. Uh, yeah. And the lyrics are on, and I just learned the lyrics because of this video. <laughs> and the lyrics are ridiculous. 
This is like just the basic version of every power pop song yeah. I love. And like it could be a bad finger song. <laughs> like it could be. <laughs> I would get so excited when this came on. So you liked the show? Oh yeah, yeah. It was great. But even as a kid, I was like, "Wow, this is insane." Yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah. I I mean I legitimately yeah. love the song. It's a like good Doctor song. Who. I've never seen the show. I know oh, I love the song. I now. Yeah. How do you know the song? Well, we'll get to okay. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is like what it was. This this vibe was the show. Yeah. Just them wacky, and then they're like, there were scenes, and it was like voiceover done because they couldn't talk. Yeah. Um, it's such a simple song, but it's so good. It's I think, I think I don't know. I'm sure kids now don't know it, but it's so catchy and it's so sort of just in the atmosphere. I feel yeah. like I just knew it. Yeah, like I'll still catch myself just sort of humming it, you know. I mean, yeah, so like the Scooby Doo theme song. Yeah, maybe, exactly. Maybe if you've never seen Scooby Doo, you still know Scooby Doo Doo. Yeah, you know, like ask anyone my if you go troll a lot, anyone my age, they're like, oh yeah, banana yeah. split, banana split. Yeah, it's just catchy as hell. It is it's a great, it's a great pop song. Great, and, and it's a great way for like. A little kid to be like, holy shit, this yeah. is great. I'm the, ready for this show. All these shows basically just follow the formula of the monkeys TV yeah, show kind I of Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so, the reason I know this song well is in the 90s, they put out a compilation album called Saturday Morning Cartoons Greatest Hits. Do you remember this? Vaguely. Very vaguely. Where yes. they had alternative acts yeah. of the time... Who were people your age, yep. who were in their 20s at the time in the mid-90s. I do remember this. Doing like alternative rock and indie rock versions of 70s Saturday morning cartoon theme songs. Yes. Yes. I have not thought about it since now, but yes. So I had that album and loved it, even oh, though I wasn't like... Great. It was purely for Gen X kids who were nostalgic about yeah. these shows. You had no idea about the band, uh, about but, the, the shows. Yeah, some of them I did. Like, yeah. the Ramones did Spider-Man. I know okay. Spider-Man. Oh, or like, I do remember that. Yeah, or um, Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. So there were, there were some songs on there that I knew, but mm-hmm. there were other ones I was like, what the hell is Singer and the Sea Monster? Like, oh, yeah. You know, not everything got... Not everything uh, had the staying power to be shown in reruns when I was a kid in the yeah. 80s and 90s. So. Yeah. But one of the songs on there, they have the Banana Split song by Liz Fair. Oh, yes. I remember that. And they made a video for that. And let's watch it. Let's watch Let's it. watch Liz Fair and uh, Material Issue. Liz Fair coming back. I love Liz Fair. We, yeah, we both are established Liz Fair fans. This is peak Liz Fair. Oh, I do remember this. Yeah. Oh, I have not thought about this. But now it's all fuzzy and yeah. all rock. <laughs> oh my god, I have not thought about this in so long. Yeah. Oh, this is so 90s. Yeah. And they've still got the actual Banana Splits characters yes. in the video. It's the most 90s thing of the most so 70s. So 90s. Yeah. Oh my god. This yes. is so hot. So hot, yeah. <laughs> 90s grunge reminiscing about 70s sitcoms is yeah. the 90s thing ever. This is making me reminiscent about the 90s. Yeah. It really is. I oh, mean, my God. Me too, because I remember just having this CD oh and playing it. I mean, I had that 
I had that CD before I ever got Exile and Guyville. So yeah. this is like the first Liz Fair song I ever heard. That's great. It's a great cover. It is a good cover. Yeah. This was one of my favorite tracks on the That's great. On that CD. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm so glad you this came out. Yeah. I mean we had to watch both versions. I know, no, no. We absolutely had to. The monkey is my least favorite and my favorite at the same time. <laughs> I think, shades and he's like, I think he was the most popular. That makes sense. He's yeah. definitely like set up to be he's the cool one. Yes, he was the one that had the most screen time. Yeah. The most swag. Yeah. I don't remember much of the other guys, but I remember he was the one that like There's an elephant, a dog, a monkey, and what's the other one? Oh god, I don't remember. That. But they did uh, they focused on uh, on the hand. Oh, yeah, they're getting real grungy now. They also did, like, an alt-rock, um, schoolhouse rocks around the same time. Oh, I remember that. That was really good. It has a really great version of Three is a Magic Number by Blind Melon. Yep, I like remember that. that. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God, that's right. This is when the 90s were great. Yeah. Because well, Gen X is like the first generation to like fetishize their nostalgia. This yeah, way. yeah, like really heavy. Now that's just what pop culture is, but that was like a novelty. Then. Yeah, we invented that. You're welcome. No, yeah, you did. Yeah, I remember watching Reality Bites for the first time, and it's all about that. Like, oh Ethan Hawke's character is so angsty that he's just like making references to cartoons yep. and shit. And yeah. Re- oh, Reality Bites. Yeah, I mean, oh my god, yeah. it's the sweet spot. Uh, this is so nice. It's just, it's just all hooks. Yeah. It's like four hooks in this song. And they're doing, I like how the, the video, the Lucifer video is that same kind of camera work as the banana splits. Yeah. All that in and out stuff. Oh, God bless you, Lucifer. Yeah, forever. Yeah. She's never going to die. No, she's great. Um, all right. I'm going to talk about not a show that I don't like but a show that when I was a kid I just strongly remember again come it came on after a show that I did watch but as soon as I heard the first notes of the theme song I would just like lunge for the remote like oh no <laughs> I don't know what it is about this show but it's just it's a great show but it's just kid repellent mm-hmm. and it would come on after a, a block of Brady Bunch like a, they would show two Brady Bunch and then after that Mash. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And as soon as the first notes of "Suicide Is Painless,", painless. yeah, I would just be like, "Nope, <laughs> grown up shit, no, <laughs> not having it." And also, like, unlike Doctor Who, no time even for the theme song back then because yes. it's so melancholy and yes. just like a bummer. Yes, it it's is not what you want when you're a kid. You yeah. want the banana splits. No, 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 exactly. Um, now I love it. It's a great tune. Because when I was a teenager, I saw the movie Mash yes. and got obsessed with that. So there's an interesting story behind the two. Like mm-hmm. in uh, for the TV show, it's just the music. There's no yeah. lyrics, but there are lyrics to the song. Yes, which when you watch the movie, it's also the opening theme music for the movie mm-hmm. with the lyrics sung, sung by Johnny Mercer. Yeah, but it also appears in the middle of the movie. During a scene. Yeah. And it was not intended to be the theme for the movie at all. It was just intended for that scene. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, I don't know if it was Robert Altman or producers or whoever liked it enough. They were like, oh, let's just use it at the beginning also. Mm-hmm. And they recorded a different version. We're going to watch the scene that it's in. Oh, cool. God, this will be a refresher. I haven't seen this movie in so long. Yeah, where Ken Primus sings it, and it's just him and a guitar player. That's but right. Just to set it up, uh, some trivia behind the song. Because Robert Altman directed this movie, mm-hmm. and the lyrics to the song were written by his son, Mike Altman, who was 14 at the time. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. That's impressive. But the funny thing about it is he assigned it to his son to write. With two criteria. One, the song has to be called Suicide is Painless. Mm -hmm. Because the scene where it's sung, there's a character who's the dentist Mm -hmm. in the MASH unit. Who's like, he's sort of like the ladies man in the MASH unit. And in in the plot of the story, not super woke, but he uh, can't, like, he tries to hook up with one of the nurses or whatever. Can't get it up. Decides that means he's gay. So he's going to kill himself. Yeah, that's right. So that's what right. Hawkeye and the rest do is they they invent this thing where they're like, well, we'll give you a black capsule. That's mm-hmm. like, a, you know, it'll kill you. It's a painless. And also his name is Painless. Because oh, he's a God, dentist. That's right. and yeah, yeah. They, yeah. So his nickname is Painless. So there's this scene where they have a last supper and then he lays down in a coffin and they all say oh, goodbye. God, I all about and, this. And, and, and while that's happening... Ken Primus sings this song, Suicide yes. is Painless. So since Painless is committing suicide, yes. the song has to be called Suicide is Painless. The other criterion for Mike Altman was that Robert Altman gave him this. It has to be, quote, the stupidest song ever written. Ah! Which is why he gave it to his teenage That's son. Because so Robert funny. Altman tried to write it. He's like, I couldn't write something stupid enough. Yeah. So I gave it to my kid. So I gave it to my kid and he killed it. Yes. He has also said, because of the success of the movie and the song and then the TV show, Mike Altman has made way more money off the song than Robert Altman got paid to direct the movie. That's genius. He said he got paid 700 grand to direct the movie and Mike has made more than a million dollars off the song. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Also, I just like the Ken Primus in-movie version better than the theme music version. I agree. I don't like it in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And it also starts pretty slow, but then it picks up. Yeah. Here's your black capsule. Black capsule. Oh. Look, this thing works pretty fast. Oh my god, I, dentist has been in everything. Well. Better go lie down that character actor? Yeah. yeah. Been in everything. So is Donald Sutherland. Yes, and oh. Elliot Gould. And, cool. Cool. and um, uh, what's his name? Which, that guy? The, no, the guy who plays uh, Duke. Oh, Tom Scarrett. Tom Scarrett. The Last Supper. Yeah. And, like, and then the casket in the, in the yeah. foreground. I love this movie so much. This is a great movie. I've, I've seen it like 30 seen times. It ages. Yeah. I've seen it in ages. I had to see it in school. I, have not, I don't think I've seen it since. Brings out many what? Changes. Changes, that's right. Yeah, this is committing suicide because he thinks he's gay because he couldn't get an erection. Yes. (laughs) Welcome to the 70s.
Oh yeah, this is dumb. When I hear it, I like this. Like, yeah, once you primed me for that, I'm like, oh yeah. To a 14 year old. Yeah. And then the rest of the unit just walks by yeah. and gives them some gifts to be buried with. <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah, I mean the TV show is so much different than this. I prefer the movie. Yeah, the movies. Um, I mean the TV show was wacky, and then it got serious as the more progressed. Yeah. Um, it is still on in reruns. It's on like yeah. IFC, I think. It's really good, and all the characters are great. Yeah. Alan Alda's great Alan in it. Great. I like Donald Sutherland's version of Hawkeye yeah. a million times better than Alden, Alan Alda's. I just, it, it, it is Donald Sutherland to me. Yeah, I can see that. And they're so, it's two completely different characters that they play. Yeah, I mean, it's totally different. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those things that, it was always on. Yeah. It, the reruns lasted forever. Yeah. And still the highest rated, like, non-Super Bowl yeah. program ever. Like, everyone finale. watched that finale. I watched the finale, and I didn't watch the show as a kid. I watched it in reruns when I was younger, or yeah. they older. But, like, everyone watched that finale. <laughs> Bud Court, did you hear what he said? Yeah. So I sort of cheated because that's not actually the TV theme music, but yeah, but it's the best version of that. What song. are we gonna do with the TV music thing? And even yeah. the intro to that's not that interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. Uh, uh, but it's it's a testament to that show. I look, I like the show now, but still, the first shot of the helicopter yeah. and the opening notes yeah. deep, doom, doom, deep doom, down doom. in like my lizard brain still makes me go like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> I didn't know that. Where's my remote? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you stop yourself and you're like, wait, no, I'm an adult. I yeah. like this now. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the Brady Bunch. Where's Punky Brewster? Uh, <laughs> Punky Brewster. <laughs> All right, that's yeah. That's the other show I'd watch after school that I loved growing up. Oh my god! Another one. The theme music for that almost made this episode. Oh, that's Maybe so funny. Song, I yeah. that do it because I know nothing of Punky Brewster except uh, in name. Yeah, I know nothing of this next show. You're gonna have to explain this to me from the ground up. This I've never even heard of this show. Fantastic. Yeah, I. Technically, I've never really saw this show. Oh, no? I only know it because of the song, because the song was a hit. I know who sings the song. David Naughton. Yes. And you know him from? Two things. Yeah. The Dr. Pepper commercials. Yes. Where he sang the I'm a Pepper song that sort of made him sort of uh, famous for that. Then he did An American Werewolf in London. Correct. And because he appeared nude in that movie, Dr. Pepper fired him. Yes. Yeah. All true. All There was a moment in time... Where David Naughton was everywhere. He deserved to be. He's yeah, great. Very talented. I love David Naughton. He can sing. He's very charming. Yeah. Good actor. He, I went, you know, you you do these uh, playlists for the show. Yeah. And you start to go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. And one of the rabbit holes I went down was, uh, I clicked on the like, new fall shows from 1983. Oh, yeah. Those are addicting. And they have like the preview. They like, would show all. The, it's this. They would show the intro mm-hmm. of the uh, show and be like, "This was on in 1983." And yeah. they'd show like 20 minutes of like different different lineup. Shows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you can go down a big hole. And I went down a big hole. <laughs> and one of the things I learned that is like David Naughton must have gotten a pilot a year because he was doing. Oh, he was on a bunch of different shows. On a bunch of different shows that probably were on for like six episodes, ten episodes, maybe a season, and he just couldn't. 
couldn't break out, but was like one of those like dudes. Matt Perry, post friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it was like uh, Jason Bateman always said that before he broke oh, in. Yeah. He's like, I booked a pilot a year. That was my gig. I didn't. It didn't go on, but that's how I made my money. Yeah, and that was David Naughton. Yeah. So he did this show called Making It, and uh, Making It is literally, hey, let's make Saturday Night Fever. Minus the drugs, suicide, gang rape, and gangs, and uh, religious. I think you may... We have never watched any making it clips, yeah. but I think maybe you've mentioned it before because that description yeah. sounds familiar. That's literally what the show was. Yeah. So, like, someone went like, hey, that was a huge movie. Let's do the, like, G version the on The squeaky clean version. The way that they turned Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore into yes. Alice. <laughs> yes. So, they're like, let's do that. And yeah. so, they had... They, they called it making it. It takes place like in Brooklyn or Queens. Yeah. About this guy, uh, uh, Div Naughton, who's trying to make it, make just make it big. Oh, but he's not actually Travolta's no, character. No, but he's just sort of like. It's that. so like so not like Alice that way. No, it's not. But it's a straight up rip off of like, right. Okay. Let's take this kind of uh, genre yeah. and make it funny. Oh, just a working class kid from yeah. New York, but I love to dance. But it's fun. And so <laughs> there's a whole thing about them. They go to a disco. Yeah. But they also work in an ice cream shop. Sure. Um, <laughs> so I never really saw the show that much. I don't think it even lasted long. But this making it was a huge disco hit. That rare thing of a TV TV thing becoming a bigger hit than the show itself. Yes. yes. I'm thinking of How Do You Talk to an Angel by The Heights. <laughs> From The Heights. <laughs> I watched that's that my show. generation. I watched that show. Yeah, that was boy, that song. <laughs> but yeah, I, I watched that show. Yeah. Um, this is... You might recognize the song, but you will love the credits of this. It's I can't wait. So ridiculous. This is on ABC. What year? Do you know the year? Probably eighty like three or something. It's like no, it was earlier. So it was like a last gasp disco. So maybe eighty, okay. maybe seventy nine, because because uh, disco was waning by then. And yeah, I guess eighty three would have been too far yeah. after. Saturday. So this is like seventy nine, maybe eighty. But I don't even think it was eighty. I think it was seventy nine. Yeah, because uh, yeah, seventy nine. Great song, by the way. So post Dr. Pepper, but pre yes. American Werewolf. Yeah. Oh. Uh, YouTube is having trouble loading. Let's Come try on this YouTube. again. Yeah. This was like a radio hit. Yeah, this was a radio hit. Like he, like David Naughton, probably went on bandstand and lip synced this. I think. It feels like a commercial jingle. Uh-huh. It's a great song. Yeah. This was a TV show. Okay, now this is catchy. Yeah. And so, like, this is like the disco stuff. They hung out at a yep. disco. Yeah, it's exactly the floor from that. Yeah. And they do this great thing in the intro where they turn to the camera and smile. Passaic, New Jersey. Welcome to Passaic. Yeah. And that's John Travolta's sister, I think, as his mom. So look, wackiness in an Italian family. Yeah. Wacky friends. <laughs> That's not how you eat food. <laughs> yes. So it's just straight up, let's take Saturday Night Fever and make it stupid. Yeah. The Saturday Night Fever sitcom. Yeah. But this is the big scene right here. <laughs> Yeah. Just, oh no, I no. have to eat that coast. Yeah. Now I love this because this was big in the 70s. They're like, this happened on Happy Days where it's like, look. Oh yeah, this turn into smile. Yeah. They, got, they should bring that back. Yeah, it's great. I want to see The Good Place do one of these. <laughs> that would be so good. 
Ellen. Yeah. Travolta. Because you wait till the end and then you get and and Ted Danson as Michael. <laughs> that would be so good. Yeah. Gary Prendergast. I don't know who that is. is. Not Pendergast. NC. Not Pendergast. Yeah. But yeah, this song was played on the radio. No, this is a great song. Yeah. David Nott. Where's David Nott? We need him back. The last time I remember him, he did an episode of Seinfeld. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I would have, that's 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's the last time I saw At him. least. Yes. If you're t- even if you're talking about the series finale, it's 20 years ago. So. No, it was early Seinfeld, too. Yeah. No. Uh, no, that was great. Yeah. I want to watch that show now. <laughs> I don't even. I won't, but. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll think about it. Maybe you'll play the song again. Yeah, no, the song's definitely worth listening yeah. to. Uh, Kirk, do you know Shadowy Men on a Shadowy Planet? Yes, they did the theme song to Kiss in the Hall. Fucking A, right? They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes, that it, one of my top five, possibly top three, maybe number one favorite show ever. Uh, it sounds like you. Yeah, it's a great show. I grew up watching that show constantly. Yeah, um, and it had just a huge influence on my yeah. sense of humor. And since I moved to LA in the first place to do comedy, I would say it's the reason I'm here. <laughs> Did you see it on HBO or Comedy Central? Comedy Central. That's how I saw it because I yeah. didn't get HBO. And then I, they, it was like early Comedy Central where they were like, we're going to play Kids in the Hall all yeah. day. Yeah. All the time. I started watching it when I was 11 years old in like 1993. Mm-hmm. I can, rem- I remember the first episode I ever saw of the show. I remember the sketches in the Oh, that's episode. great. Like, the profound impact the show had on me. Yeah. I love the show. Yeah. And it has one of the great theme songs ever. This is a great theme song. Yes. Uh, by a band called Shadowy Men on a Shadowy Planet, who, um, this, they, this wasn't written as the theme song for the show. Oh. What happened was, oh, they what? were like a Toronto band, and when the Kids in the Hall, before they had a TV show, would just like do live shows mm-hmm. at the Rivoli Theater in Toronto... The Shadowy Men would sort of like open for them. Oh. And they would usually close their set with Having an Average Weekend, which is the name of the song. I did not know that was the name so of the song. So it sort of de facto became the yeah. theme song because the audience, like the crowds who would come back week after week, got used to that being yeah. their closer. So it kind of became the troops opener. That's great. And then so when they got a TV show, they asked the shadowy men. If you watch the show, like all of the interstitial music and yeah. like during the bumpers and stuff is other shadowy men music. It's that like surfer. Yeah. It's them too. But uh, they use Having an Average Weekend as the theme song. I, that's for such that a reason. good name for a song. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a great name for a band. Yeah. God, that's also, so smart. So they would do this instrumental sort of surf rock. Yeah. Although they hated being called surf rock. Mm-hmm. And they recorded a song called We're Not a Fucking Surf Band. <laughs> and then l- way later, they put out a box set and they called the box set, Oh, I guess we were a fucking surf band after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love these guys. Yeah, I love these no, guys. They're funny too. So uh, they dissolved the band in 96 because they're, ba- they're a trio mm-hmm. and their bass player died of cancer. Mm-hmm. So when he did, they were just like, okay, band's over. Yeah. But they reunited in 2012 and did a tour. And we're going to watch them do Having an Average Weekend from a show on that tour. Oh, cool. Uh, If it will load. This song, like... It's great. Yeah. I mean, 
on its own, it's great, but this show was just my childhood. Yes. Like, after I discovered this show, until I went, until I moved out here, I just watched Comedy Central all the time. It pisses me off that it's not on Comedy Central anymore. Yeah. It does not, like, why not? It's so, it's classic. It was on Netflix for a while. Yeah. And then when they did, they made CISO. Yeah. They moved it to CISO, along with the all in Monty Python. Yeah. And then CISO got shuttered. Yeah. They moved Monty Python back to Netflix, but still no kids uh, in the house, so there's really nowhere should. to stream it. That's but a shame. I'm assuming it will come back eventually. Yeah. Because they also remastered it all for CISO, so that stuff's just languishing. They've oh. got to use it. That's a shame. But I had all the DVDs. Oh, that's so fun. I mean, yeah. I, we, I never had to worry because I'm like, it's going to be on Comedy Central. Yeah. I saw them live, like, oh, on three or four great. different tours. I've seen every episode, like, I don't know how many times. Did you know there's a, a, a book that just came out, an oral history of them? Yes. Uh, one Dumb Guy or something like yeah. that? Yeah. That I, I had, like, Bruce's albums oh, of wow. comedy music that he'd put out. That's uh, great. How did they not How did they not think they weren't a surf rock band? Yeah. Well, you know, they don't like to be pigeonholed, yeah. man. What, what kind of guitar is that? That big-ass guitar? Uh, I don't know. Pro- probably an Epiphone, but... Okay. I mean, it's know. huge. Yeah. Or like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a hollow body. Okay, that's why it's so big. Yeah. I mean... And, and the bass player's playing the Gibson Thunderbird. That's a wicked cool thing. Oh, okay. It's funny, because like, now it is, but now they're just like old guys jamming. Yeah. I wonder how if big they got in Canada. The band? Yeah. I don't know if they were big outside of being like the kids in the hall band. Yeah. The guitar player is like the most Canadian looking dude you've ever oh, seen. Oh, yes. He really is. Fun fact, the drummer wrote that song. No way. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And they just launched into In my head, song. they were not a trio. They would have maybe like a five piece. I don't know. They had a fuller no, sound. It was a power trio surf rock band. It's all instrumental stuff. Pretty fucking good. I like oh, a lot wait, of their. It was all songs. instrumental. Yeah. Wow. Very surf rocky that way. Yeah. Um, they've they've got a lot of great songs. Yeah. I got into them like you know because I I just consumed anything even tangentially related. Yeah. To anything Hall, anything so. that was Kids in the Hall you were gonna eat. So on. yeah, I bought the Shadowy Men CDs and like That's know a lot so of their funny. songs and they're great. Yeah. Uh, speaking of. TV shows that had profound effects on our childhood. Yeah. What's our next clip? Our next clip is Miami Vice, which yeah. is really one of the most important things in my life. I uh, Yeah, not me. Yeah. But I just didn't... I was aware of it growing up yeah. because it became such a... Just a cultural meme in general. But yeah. I was not quite two years old when this show yeah. started. And by the time it ended, I still was not old enough to watch it. So I mean... When it came out, it was so, and no hyperbole, it was so profound an experience. Yeah. Because you'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. You'd never heard anything like it. And just the whole vibe and style and feel, that's what you remember most. Well, like, it, was, it was pitched as MTV Cops. Yes, yeah. exactly. And it superseded that. It became even more than that. Yeah. Because the game's so cool. And, of course, they had a cool theme song by Jan Hammer. Sure. Uh, which, actually, another example of a song that charted. Did it? Yeah. Well, the show was also famous for using a lot of pop music in the show. Yes. Which they, hadn't really been yeah, done before. They used, like, 
Phil Collins and these I have movies. seen the pilot movie. I've seen the first, yes. yeah, with the famous in the air tonight. In the air tonight, yeah. They did. They, they used take me home. The big thing too is like they would use just almost the entire song, yeah, for the so like you'd have a whole just basically a music video in the t- our TV show that related to the plot, and they'd still have dialogue a little bit over it and yeah. stuff. It was yeah. really innovative, and it was just. It was just a sexy as fuck show. <laughs> so what do you, do you know anything about the theme song or you just love the show? And, I just love the show and I love yeah. the, the theme song. You should just get me amped. I was like, oh my God, here comes my advice. Yeah. Uh, you know, it came on, I think in 84. I think that's right. And yeah. So it was 84. Now look how fucking cool they are. Look at how young Edward James almost So is. young. What's this about? I, I mean. He's here. Well, everyone's young. This, yeah, and so that's the joke. It's John Hammer. Yeah. So this, yeah, they actually... Was that an actual clip from the show and then they cut in a yes, picture of John Hammer? Exactly. Oh, so they didn't film this just for this no, video? No, okay. no. They cut it in and that became the, the music video for this. So this was actually played on MTV. Yeah. John Hammer, the most uncool looking guy <laughs> ever. This um, video is sort of cheesy the way he's in this room and he's like rocking out while yes, he's scoring Yes, rocking out on a synth. I mean... Yeah, I still get like goosebumps and excited just just from the song and just from looking at those two guys. Phil Michael Thomas and John Johnson were so fucking cool. Yeah, um, Tubbs doesn't get enough credit. Everyone talks about that. Everyone John talks about Johnson. Johnson. Tubbs was cool yeah. as fuck. I loved him. So I don't have nostalgia for it. Yeah, but it is a cool theme song. I mean, I mean, this was on Friday nights, was it? And so you know, early teens. Of course, I was home, so I'd watch it. Late teens. I was you out. Were, you were a loser, so you were still home. Just still home. <laughs> no. Wishing I was out. Uh, I'd record it and be like, I'm fucking watching this as soon as I get home. Yeah. Um, and I might have mentioned this uh, on the show before, but it, it's so fair as repeating. Miami Vice was so important to me that uh, there was a Miami Vice tuxedo line. And yeah. so to about seven or eight different dances or formals or proms, I wore the Miami Vice tuxedo. <laughs> like, it was Did a... Did you have given. to, like, save your own allowance for that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for the tux, yeah. My, yeah. Well, for any tux, yeah. Because yeah. you rent the tux. Um, but, like, I remember distinctly, like, I'm like, I'm not going to wear a fucking black tux. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> and you'd look through... This is, like, 85, This was, like, 86 and the 80, uh, 87, even 88. You look through this book of tuxedos, and, uh, and they showed a Miami Vice tux- tuxedo line yeah. with the guys, and it was all like gray tuxedos yeah. and like paisley cummerbunds and ties. Nice, you know. And I was like, "That's what I'm wearing." Yeah. And I was like, "That's how I'm fucking cool." And I wore it constantly. I had a Miami Vice the jacket that he has. Yeah. I had the jacket. I wore a t-shirt underneath it. I rolled the sleeves well, you up. You had to wear a t-shirt underneath. Yeah. It. You had to be cool. Yeah. Yeah, that look. Yeah, I had that. Boom. Hell yeah! Is Jan Hammer American or no? No, no. Okay. He had a bunch of and like this was his big one, and then they're like, okay, any hour drama, Jan Hammer, you're just gonna do the theme song. For yeah. You. Oh, really? Yeah, he did a ton of them. I mean, the names of them are escaping me now, but yeah, yeah. like he became the go-to. He never became like a guy who... It was him and Mike Post head yeah. to head. Love Mike Post. <laughs> Mike Post early 80s, yeah. late 80s. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, not, I'm not even sure he had like albums. This was a crossover hit to the billboards. But, but it's he not, was mostly he did, he did TV. Scoring. Yeah, yeah. scoring. Yeah. yeah. No, that was great. 
One of these days I should go back and watch Miami. But it's it was one it. of the first shows they had on Hulu, and that's when I watched oh. the pilot. But then I never... I might have watched a couple more, but I never locked into it. It's but. it's great, especially like the first couple of seasons. At the end of the season, Sonny, uh, Don Johnson's character, gets amnesia and yeah. thinks he's the undercover person that he really is. Uh-huh. And he gets a little wacky. Okay. But it's uh, it's pretty great. Do you think the show would still hold up? I don't know when the last time you watched it. The was. early shows do. It's very slow. Yeah. I um, don't mind that. No. I have a lot of patience for they slow hold plot. Because there's a lot of like... And there's a lot of like dark shit. Mm. Where they're like... Uh, things didn't work out. Yeah, they, never play, they didn't play it for laughs. It no. was serious. And it wasn't... Everything was always wrapped drama. up. Yeah. One episode, like, he, he's like, I gotta get this guy out of prison because I wrongfully uh, arrested him. And at the end of the show, they're like, he's like, oh, no, I did do it. Thanks for getting me out. <laughs> Credits. Yeah. And so it was, like, pretty dark. Yeah. Um, but mostly I remember the fashion of the song. Yeah. Uh, that was great. Yeah. But that's it for this episode of Music Raygun. If you want to subscribe to the show, it's available wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. You can email comments and questions to musicraygun at gmail.com. And if you know someone who might like Music Raygun, please tell them about it, because word of mouth is the best way to share the show. I'm Paul Champanelli. I'm Kirk Pinchon. Until next time, see ya!